Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 79 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I called our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico. Howdy, y'all. Uh, 4585. And leg day. Looks like, uh,. 3589 this week. All right. So it's been a rather boisterous week. There was a global rollback for the PS4. The Bad Art for Bad Arc movement kicked off, but was quickly curtailed. And we'll be discussing uh, how possible it is to create a civilization on an official PvP server. But we'll also attempt to answer the question of whether or not Arc is being murdered. But before we get to all that, and before we hit up the YouTube comments, I just wanted to give a big shout out to the Rated Arc podcast. There are another Ark Survival Evolved, Evolved podcast who has been on hiatus for a while, but they are back and you guys should definitely check them out. They are a lot more entertaining and funnier than we are, so welcome back, Rated Ark. Now let's hit up the YouTube comments. So, uh, Quartered50 wrote, Yeah, anyone who doesn't think the devs favor some groups or over others is insane. Cheaters should be punished, but lazy devs ruin the game. And that seems lazy to me for him or her to just say, let them have the loot. And this is uh, focusing on episode 71, where I think we were talking about the amnesty that went on. I always felt lazy dev was a weird, like, uh, picture. Like, I, I picture, like, a dev kind of sitting back on a couch, kind of looking up slightly at his modern, just looks back down. Put the sunglasses <laughs> back down. <laughs> Apex Predator says... Old wildcard, when Leg Day turns to the dark side and chastises the lack of action on lost characters, you know oh, no. you done effed up badly. <laughs> Does the Gladys uh, speed nerf mean less travel distance for its durability? I would assume so because the Gladys suit does degrade durability over time, right? Yeah, I heard... okay, not entirely. Um, I've been messing around with this a lot. I've, I've got most of it down. And this one I forgot to mention last week, actually. Mm -hmm. It actually only causes durability damage during two scenarios. When you open and close, when you open it, it uh, and close it, it takes durability damage. Oh, While oh, you're really? diving, it takes durability damage at a fairly prodigious rate. With the times three, on with a vanilla uh, chest piece, I can, if I manage to strip the chest piece off before the rock drakes kill me each time, which isn't exactly common. I can get three runs out of one chest piece now. I used to be at four or five. That was with them smacking me to kill me. So it's definitely a, uh, a noticeable change because that right. dive costs so much durability. It's a really long dive, though. So, you know, to be fair. <laughs> so it behooves people to have really good blueprints. Which I mean, I use a glider. Just... again. Yay. <laughs> For, for like the smallest little jump, I'll use the glider, and if the, if the dura is really that bad, I guess I'll conserve it more. Opening now. and closing isn't anywhere near as bad as diving. Mm -hmm. And like the only times I ever noticed the opening and closing really badly was when I got stuck in a corner and it was like you know tapping it to try and force myself out of it, and you can't do that anymore. So yeah, that's that's the one thing I don't like. Yeah, speaking of not liking it. Next Generation Gaming says, great. My favorite thing about Aberration, nerf to the ground. Increased damage? Okay, I can maybe deal with it. Lowered speed? 40% seems harsh, but I guess it was pretty fast. 10 second cooldown, though? Just no. 
That makes it incredibly difficult to use in any situation, not just PvP. Why couldn't they just disallow you from equipping any kind of explosive device while flying and prevent people from taking off if they have C4 strapped to them? Problem solved. I yeah, wish actually, I could remember the whole details of it, but Knight and I actually had a conversation about this a few days back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing. That boy and I can go from screaming at each other to just talking about mechanics like nothing ever happened. <laughs> but uh, we were talking. Uh, we were talking about because uh, you know he's he's hardcore into the rating thing. That's what he. That's how he. Uh, what he goes out and enjoys. It's not my bag, but it's always nice to have someone around that knows the mechanics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, honestly, from his, uh, from his perspective, like. He was talking about how you really didn't need it for uh, the the um, the rocket bombing and stuff. He, I mean, there was one way to do it, but the glider was more useful to him for picking out that one point and managing to get there. And with the speed, that's just not possible anymore. You know, the one point that's the blind spot in their defenses. Mm -hmm. Yep. Of course, you've got to have a raider's eye to be able to just eyeball that spot and aim for it with a glider. <laughs> it takes some I skill. It, it just wasn't clear to me what problem the cooldown was trying to solve, I think. I think that was my issue with it. Probably because the people who knew how to use a glider in a PvP setting against those who couldn't, the ones that couldn't utilize it properly were crying all the time, saying, these guys are getting away so easily now from us. You oh, I mean, um, that, was, that was one of the other things I mentioned, was uh, getting away, it, it made getting away really easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, for me... I can see the cooldown thing because uh, uh, thanks to uh, a thing from S Plus called a Repulsor Pad, which is quite possibly the single most enjoyable uh, thing that mod adds. It, it's it's not that useful, but it's really fun. Um, but you basically pick up an insane amount of acceleration. Because if you ever noticed, opening and closing the glider basically lets you bleed off acceleration. Mm-hmm. Now, I really noticed it while I was playing around with this, but after that, I started to, uh, you know, climb to places, start deploying, seeing how I could change. And using the, um, use, using, the uh, using the wingsuit, undeploying it, then redeploying it uh, in the right pattern, which would take three or four times to effectively do a, a, a large-scale turn, could allow you to maintain a great deal of forward momentum if you were uh, operating for the, uh, the, uh, the right places. I was able to cross the entire bio loom from the place. Uh, I had this location that's above the, uh, the, the, the rock Drake cavern at the top of where the um, cargo uh, chevrons are that I always use as my jump off point. I was able to jump off from there and make it to element falls. There are multiple hard turns involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I was able to make it with no extra stuff, just, the just a normal uh, glider and create uh, and the right timing of opening and closing and there's just no way to do that anymore. It was smacking into walls and I've killed myself doing that before. Yikes! I swear they adjusted the gravity on uh, on aberration. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still convinced of that because it used to be I could take a fall with five with 400 HP that would have almost killed me on the island and actually be healthy enough to fight a uh, fight off a raptor when I hit the ground, and now. I swear to God, I can't even take the falls I could take on the island. It's the radiation has changed you. Well, we all do have that giant radioactive thing embedded in our arm. We probably, <laughs> uh, and from the look of half the people I meet in Ark, they have to be made of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy on our server, n n nice, nice guy, but his character looks like Quasimodo after being mauled by a bear. <laughs> Yikes! Okay. Oh, that's a face that not even a mother could love, then. 
All right, let's hit up the threads and tweets. So last week, major issue happened on the PS4. And according to the Survive the Arc, at Survive the Arc, they said survivors were currently investigating an issue affecting our PS4 official servers. Please stay tuned for information. Arc transfers have been temporarily disabled whilst the team works on the problems reported. Uh, shortly after, they said we've identified the problem and are preparing to deploy our PS4 official servers with a rollback for prior to the deployment. Sorry for the inconvenience, everyone, and thank you for your patience. Now, uh, the issue was for some reason everybody's dinos were being attacked by invisible creatures or something and were dying. It or sounds were, horrifying. It's uh, Yeah. They would jump on their dinos and they would die the second they jumped on their dinos and without any um, item cache to recollect their items. It, it, was, it sounded like a complete nightmare. But uh, yeah, they had to do a rollback, global rollback. So I'm sure despite disabling transfers, people did lose characters. And as the... The policy is they're not getting those characters back. It's odd that something that severe happened. I mean, there should have been more testing if the, the bug was that obvious. Not to mention just... it has to go through a certification process uh, for the console. So maybe they just like load it and say, there, it's certified. It, it, it loaded. <laughs> it's sad that I'm just laughing hysterically at this. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, I, I like I couldn't even get my hand to reach for the uh, reach for the button. I was laughing so hard when you first read that out. I mean, yeah, it sounds like pure nightmare fuel, but... Just picturing the chaos of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, really, really bad. But I think they finally fixed it shortly after, or at least the day after the problems initially arose. But like I said, I'm pretty sure that people lost characters because of it. Well, they're rolling back to before you transferred on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Wait, aren't they rolling back? Are they rolling back all the servers? All the official servers, as far as I know. So they, then your they rolled them all should be back. back where it should be. Oh, hey, good point. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. If Assuming someone all just those... managed to lose the characters when your character should be back on a uh, back on the the other server, I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna start to have even more very serious questions about how the hell their their save system works. But there's a problem there. You're assuming that all the save synchronizations are all synchronized in time, and I doubt they are. I know. I saw people, you know, on Twitter saying that characters were lost and that they're really ticked off because. Wildcard won't replace them. Uh, I assume it's because of this patch and the rollback, but maybe it was before. They didn't really specify, but there's quite a few saying it. But uh, let's move on. John M. 81 has concerns about the Reaper King and writes, I have a concern about the Reaper King, and that is the lack of apparent counterplay versus flying dinos. While the King's stats and kibble needs for imprinting are lackluster, its PvP utility right-click move is just insanely OP. One to two of these guys can literally shut down a massive airspace around them with little to no counterplay. A single hit of its fast-moving projectile, which has no drop that's easy to aim, drops the flyer. There is no counterplay that I know of. Counterplay that I know of. Once hit, they can chain snare you, so you can never take off again. It's so, so it's one and done. You are dead. Now I agree, flyers are over the top in PvP right now, but solutions should be added that have some degree of counterplay. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been better if it was a stack and debuff? Each hit give a 15 second debuff. If after three stacks, then you are dropped. Am I wrong here? What am I missing? Um, hmm. uh, to be honest, I did not have my reefer long enough to really get to play around with it much, other than the fact that, uh, well, on a server where the fact that I was com not I was comfortable leaving dinosaurs in fairly dangerous places because 
I had a god I had godly saddles that took me, you know, a couple days to make. Um I I would leave the Reaper in the same kind of dangerous places and have well, having put no levels into its health whatsoever and have every expectation to find it there when I got uh, back as long as it was gone for less than uh less uh, than half an hour. I don't really understand why people say this thing has lackluster stats. It's pretty good. It it's better than a Rex as far as I can tell. Or it might just be I got really lucky. Well, okay, actually, I know I got really lucky with mine. It had uh, 40 levels in HP and melee, so maybe that's why I'm biased. The one I got came out with, I think, 18,000 HP, and that was like a... Mine had 27,000. Uh, 27, uh, 27, I think mine was a level 85 or, or something. Oh, mine, really was a, mine was a 150 plus all, all the bonus bonus levels. Uh, like I said, it's it's RNG for its stats had 40 in HP, 40 in melee, so godly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could get better with mutations if you could breed something. You could breed it like a Rex, but you can't, so 40 in two stats is not bad. Yeah, but to say that there's no um, counterplay to it, I highly disagree. Because the range attack, while very devastating, has a limit to its range. And a guy on a griffin or a tabajera can stay out of range and just snipe the rider or just take out the Reaper King from a distance because it doesn't have a saddle. No, I mean, it, 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 the, here, here's the thing, though, and um, I never really got the opportunity to really test this, but I could see that when it, uh, the Reaper Kings um, have, if they're not debuffed by a light pat, they have a very high uh, reg health regeneration. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, to the point where, like, I was taking mine, which I had leveled into nothing but melee, because, like I said, it had a huge HP pool to begin with, so I bother. I had it up to over uh, over 800% melee. With me riding it, it was doing as uh, almost as much damage as my, as, uh, as my Giga. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't actually put down a Reaper King, uh, a Wild Reaper King, because it just healed too fast until I flicked on my Light Pet. Yeah. Then I killed it in four bites. <laughs> I love the Reaper King, especially in PvP. It's a huge game changer. I, I, I it, it's on my list of things to get back because I was the only person on our server cluster that had one. I, unlike every other dinosaur on our server cluster, you cannot just leave these things on manual. You, you have to stay up and, and mm -hmm. fix the, and, and and raise them yourself. And I, I seriously like this is the first time I've done this since I since I raised a freaking dragon. I mean. For us, it was real easy to raise them. Piece of cake. Oh, it was a piece of cake. I I, I basically just napped in between uh um imprints. Know. Yeah, but uh, you know me, I hated doing imprints and crap like that. It was it was like horrible. <laughs> and plus, the fact is, things just tended to die if I was raising them. Yeah. Or <laughs> that in the was vicinity of them while they were being raised. <laughs> <laughs> so another reason why I love the the Reapers is a reason that. Uh, W Web or D Web D oh D Weber USMC okay there we go uh said had a question saying how to find buried enemy reapers and he wrote just wiped an aggressive tribe on server they have reapers buried how can we find or force them to unbury anyway if they are on passive so not exactly sure my usual response to this would be use a tech helmet but I don't know if that can look for it but another commenter said bang. Uh, wrote or replied saying there's some misunderstanding as to mechanics of a reaper while it's buried when a reaper buries wild tame king queen alpha its mesh despawns this is why you can't see it in k mode 
Attacks can't hit it because there's no hitbox, as the hitbox is tied directly to the mesh. The tribe that the Reaper belongs to can see the Reaper's name and the Mound of Dirt, but for everyone else, that Mound of Dirt despawns as well. I've never used a tech helmet with any enemy Reaper, so I'm not sure how they appear under that. The key thing is, if the Reaper isn't unaggressive, it won't pop out of the ground. You can't build on top of it, but you can build around it. If you enclose the mound completely, you'll stop them from feeding it, and eventually it'll starve to death. Now, Wait, what? If you, if you, what? If you encase it, how do you starve it to death? If just, they can't, you're, if you're they preventing can't the mounted or feed it. Yeah. It'll starve to death. Exactly. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got you. I <laughs> thought build the, around it. You're saying mount it. Got it. Right now, the direwolves have the ability now to to um, detect Prolovias. I'm going to assume that it also applies to Reaper Kings, but since if you're on aberration, there's no direwolves. Can't use that. Well, if it actually despawns, I was going to say, well, shoot randomly into the ground. But if it if it actually despawns, I don't see what your options are. Yeah, it's curious because I I'd like to know if you can actually kill them with a dino if you so, know where they are. To you know, it. um, I uh, I don't know if the if it does the same thing with the um, uh, super snake. I can't basilisk. There we go. Wow, I, I, my memory is making me look real brilliant today. <laughs> um. But uh, the other day, I, I had uh, Giga chase me back to base so I could tame it. And it uh, decided to come up the ramp instead of um, following me through the swamp. Mm -hmm. um, so it got to the front of my base, which uh, I was real glad I did not forget to close the front door. Otherwise, it would have eaten my babies. But I had a basilisk sitting out front right there, and it was biting at the spot and did no damage. Yeah. So if the Giga with its AoE isn't going to touch anything... I kind of doubt other things will, and unlike the Reaper, at least part of the uh, the uh, uh, Basilisk does stick up, up out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Granted, I had mine in a really awkward uh, ang was uh, angle because it was somehow it buried itself partially on a metal tile, so that actually might be why it was got away with taking no damage. I don't know for <laughs> sure. Well, if you're a small tribe on aberration, it would behoove you to spend the time and resources to get. Reaper King, so that you can at least store your best stuff outside your base or away from your base, so that if you, when you get raided or wiped, you have a fallback, just uh, so you save your best stuff and can rebuild again, or at the very least, get revenge. Now, here's a nice suggestion from Crowfooted, and he said, suggestion, pet pouch on a Ravager saddle. Something I've noticed about getting light pets in Aberration is, unless the pet you are taming is a bulb dog, it's very challenging to tame and bring back other light pets since you can only carry one at a time. So you essentially have to trade in a throwaway light pet for the new one that you tame or go with that one on the way there. Obviously, this is not a huge issue since they're so easy to tame. I just tame a throwaway bulb dog or something, but it's somewhat of a silly inconvenience. It would be cute if we had a dino that could carry one or two additional light pets and pouches on its saddle. This could really be any dino, but the Ravager seems to me the one that makes sense. Oh, the Ravagers are amazing in general, so... They're kind of cool if they were even... At, I mean, they're amazing in general. They don't need anything else, but it would be nice if they had a little pouch on the front of their saddle that you can just hold a, a light mm -hmm. pen in. I'd love to have a little cute uh, cute uh, little shine horn uh, just sitting there. <laughs> Kangaroo. Oh, speaking of which... Kangaroo, but you don't yay, have those in aberration. all lived. I'm just saying. Congrats. So, uh, when I go out, I usually go on a megalos megalosaurus so i just pick it pick it up in its jaws bring it back to base and then tame it there oh actually that makes a lot more sense <laughs> <laughs> or crab crab can hold 
one in each hand. But uh, yeah, I do like the idea, and I think just having them on the in a pouch on the saddle for any of the diners would be really cute to see. All right, so uh, Dan the Scribe wrote a Reddit thread titled "Unpopular Opinion," maybe, and he goes on to write, "Why do I have deja vu?" <laughs> Arc should have prioritized PVE as the primary mode. The story and gradual survival mechanics are a great foundation for PvE, but unfortunately, they weren't in the game or fleshed out enough to provide much entertainment when the game entered early access, so PvP was kind of the only option for priority. PvP should have been pushed in itself as a hardcore mode, and perhaps an an extinction mechanic as opposed to separate extinction official servers, so alphas would be forced to fight to the top and leave lesser tribes to fight amongst themselves. Unofficial would provide the option for ongoing play. I really wish Ark had never entered early access. You know, this reminds me of a little idea I had that would have made for something just amazing. I would have loved to have seen their, uh, you know, um, that 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 one game that's never going to come out, uh, Star Citizen. How they made the, um, <laughs> they they made uh, they were going to make a separate like single player story version set in the mechanic mode of the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, something similar to that, where you actually, even like, just tagging along with, uh, uh, alongside Helena or something, and meeting the various tribes, having to deal, uh, deal uh, with, with them, traveling from arc to arc, uncovering the mysteries uh, of it and everything, would make a f- amazing, sorry about that. That's um, right. Oh, I just apologized again, I gotta stop doing that. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, would have made an amazing, like, you know, a, a quasi rpg adventure game yeah no i i so i the one i just have to disagree i, I think what not with what you're saying rico but with the the poster i don't oh think... that's why i didn't even address it that's just stupid <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i don't think if the game was pve focused i don't think it would be as popular today yeah as it is honestly um, and then the, the hardcode core mode suggestion to me smells a little bit like Survival of the Fittest, which didn't really last that long. Mm-hmm. Although I know, I mean, I know what he's suggesting is a little bit different. It's just, it, in terms of what what's attractive to the big player base, I, I think it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the PvP. Well, the PvP was definitely the what helped it gain momentum and get it a following because a lot of people were... Uh... Streaming it on Twitch, and PvP makes for great viewing on Twitch. Whereas PvE... Eh, I think that's I why I, I started playing this game, I think. Because I saw, I ran into it on Twitch. Now that I think about mm-hmm. it. And, and I, I should admit that I'm biased because I don't typically play PvE uh, on any game. So, you know, my, my opinion's colored by the fact that I primarily always play PvP, but... <laughs> You know, I, I haven't looked at any numbers, but I'm willing to bet that the majority of people that do play the game are playing in a PvP mode of some type, whether it be official or unofficial. Right. Look, all I know is that I got to f- I could fight on dinosaurs. That sold me. That was all I needed to know. I think so. It sold I, I me. Gonna, uh, uh, like I said, I've, I've said this story uh, time and time again. I'll keep saying it. The first article I ever saw on this, right after they asked the lead developer uh, what his vision for it was, the article had a picture from the old cartoon Dino Riders, and I was like, I'm in. I'm down. Which is which is funny because later when they introduced like laser beams on dinos, everyone was freaking out because the concept was so radically different from their vision. Mm-hmm. Is what they said. But what what got me into it was I think on that original Twitch stream, I seeing a Brano and I just think like, wow, that's like a giant in-game thing that's moving. I want to go play that game. All right. Uh, 
So another suggestion this time about the crafting skill was written by Pen. I'm just gonna say Penny because the rest of that, yeah. The crafting shoot on back there. Sorry, I just lightning bolt just shot out into the in, in, uh, into that crevice behind uh, uh, at the cliffside and obliterated something. <laughs> I, 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 my turret setup consists of mostly Tesla towers. Well, and uh, yes, that's exactly what you think they are. We'll edit it out in post. Don't worry. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. I got to put some fertilizer in some of the plant X's. Okay, he writes. The crafted skill offers such a significant boost to crafted items and is mandatory in any kind of end-tier gameplay, game, gameplay, whether it's PvE or PvP. Yet the leveling system behind this skill makes absolutely no sense, and the opportunities are only available to those with alternate accounts through both through Broth of Enlightenment limitations. Therefore, I suggest this skill to be detached from the regular leveling system and provided with a unique way to be achieved. I would suggest the following. Studying blueprints in their respective class, armor, weapon, saddles, to gain better insight in their particular craftsmanship. Upon studying these blueprints for experience, they would be destroyed. Each craft and subdivision, armor, weapons, and saddles, would contain six ranks. Each rank would be unlocked by studying ten blueprints of their respective tier. Ergo, so that unlocking rank six armor crafting would require only to study ten ascendant armor blueprints and ten of all the preceding tiers. This would, besides offering a more logical, challenging way to unlock a better crafting skill, also affect the popularity of all kinds of loot drops that currently might be underappreciated. It's not a bad idea. I actually... I'm one of those people that, like, I always hated the loot system immensely because I prefer games that the more effort and time you put into something, that's how you get the shiniest toys, not RNG. I, I, I really don't like that, you know, you have to be lucky and dedicated. I... I I just like games where no, just be dedicated and get better, and then you'll mm -hmm. you'll be you'll be awesome. But having to work with the system, having the crafting speed thing be your quality modifier, and not having the ability to respec at all. If you have the ability to respec, it would make the crafting skill rather irrelevant. Without it, it means somebody in the tribe gets to suck, or you have to have an alt account. So they had to understand when they made this decision that. Hmm, we're going to be getting people to buy alt accounts. Ching! Yeah. You know, I, I think for a change that drastic, though, I, I don't think at this point in the game's life you're going to see changes that that, that drastic. Um, I would also say that uh, the crafting, well, the entire skill tree in Ark is incredibly simplistic and leaves a lot to be desired. But I think it's complicated enough for the game that it is, if that makes sense. In other words, it's kind of lame. But it works. Uh, I think I really think that the crafting system needs to be changed because it's not right that such an important uh, skill is locked behind, you know, taking the time to level up a character and pretty much lobotomize that character to be useless for everything else except crafting. I think that was the point, though. I think it was it was to make characters that don't want to go fighting uh, to be more relevant. Now, but they can't do anything else. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you could argue whether or not it, it's such a niche that you're really, you're doing more harm than good. Maybe yeah. it's not an effective way to, to do it. But I think that was the intent. Eh, I don't know. I, 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 let me put it this way. I think it was a lazy way for the devs to handle crafting. I like the idea of trade-offs in, in the skills. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with the trade-off of having to give up points and speed or something like that to be able to craft. But maybe it shouldn't take so many uh craft skill points to make as good of a weapon as you can 
Yeah, I'd go with that. Like, say, 50 levels. Yeah. Max out your crafting skill, but at least yeah, it exactly. gives you enough points to make your character useful in other ways. Yeah. That that might be how we handle that. Yeah, I can go with that. All right. So, uh, as I stated earlier, there was the bad art for bad arc movement that happened over the weekend. And for a couple of days, the Reddit forums were being spammed with really bad art to highlight issues that have still been plaguing the game for a while or new issues that have cropped up over the past two years. And uh, this was immediately or soon shut down by one of the moderators, uh, Gainsworthy, who wrote, Today, Monday, is the last day for bad arc art and wrote, for the past day or two, you might have seen some Microsoft Paint art. This was an effort by users in the community to express their concerns in a harmless way. In fact, it was the first time I've seen this community band together around something so strongly, so props. However, today will be the last day these posts are tolerated on the sub. Eventually, we have to correct our ship's course and get back on topic. I want to thank everyone for their tolerance and patience, as well as everyone, for the most part, handling this pretty well. So, yeah. I, was I think this thing and I think it, it was I hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. But I'd say after day one, it went from being hilarious to just annoying. Um, but I, I think that was a good balance on their part, on the mods part to say, okay, we had our fun. Let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. So, and, but uh, I did notice a lot of people pretty upset by that decision. Yeah, in that thread, Lucky Boy twenty eight said, "So, just for clarity's sake, let's make this clear." We're not allowed to protest the current state of the game in a perfectly harmless, fun way. Am I reading that correctly? And then somebody said the mobs are probably paid off by being paid off by Wildcard and Gaines. Where they replied, "I wish this decision was made without any input or direction of Wildcard." I cannot stress that enough. I mean, it's not like if not for this mod ending the meme, the game would have been fixed in a couple of days if we'd have just held out a little longer. So, right, you know, you know I'm kind of like. <laughs> So this prompted a few uh, follow-up threads from other people like Air401 who wrote, I get the spamminess of this, let's say, juvenile protest, and I get the moderators of this subreddit subreddit are allowed to make whatever ruling they want, but I heartily disagree on this termination. It has brought a community of passionate players together in a surprisingly mild-tempered and silly protest to symbolize and express their feelings of how the game currently is. There has been little to no argument, no toxicity, and no hate between users of this subreddit. In fact, there hasn't even been that many comments on the pictures except for positive ones and lols. There are pages full of highly upvoted pictures. That alone should tell you most of these posts are well received. I, for one, as someone who hasn't played the game in a while because of the state of the game and who follows this Reddit and the patch notes to wait and hope the game does improve, have found this time of protest to be probably the best camaraderie I've ever actually seen on this Reddit in a long time. It also is quite hilarious. I've chuggled at least 90% of these pictures. Personally, I believe instead of looking like you're trying to tell us how a subreddit a player should be, you let us decide that for ourselves and let this topic and protest run its own course. Let us get it out of our system and have a bit of fun and feel like a community instead of going back to page after page of slander, hate, and bickering over cheaters, bugs, how we hate the devs and they suck, and how this game has turned into a crap fest. So yeah, I think that sums it up. Yeah, but, but if they let you do, if they let them do that, You'd be you'd be actually you know pointing out the devs' incompetence, not uh, about other players. <laughs> I mean, again, it it was fun for a day. After that, it wasn't particularly constructive. Like I said, I was still enjoying it after day two, and I wouldn't mind seeing a week of it happening. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, let's move on. Now, the recent cooldown for changing your tribe name has been in effect since, I think, 278 came out. But people weren't sure how long that lasted. For the most part, a lot of people were complaining that there is no cooldown. It's just permanent and that they can change it. But there is a cooldown, according to Jet. Uh, he said the cooldown on officials is set to two days. Now, he was uh, replying to a thread on Steam where somebody was asking, could we never rename again? Another person said it should be a 15-day cooldown, but it seems to be bugged at the moment. And Jet said, no, that's not true. Cooldown, two days unofficial. So, hmm. yeah. Now, the curious thing is, is it two days, two real-life days, or is it two real-life days in-game? Oh, well, we left ours on vanilla, and uh, yeah, it's two, it, it's two real-life days. Okay, so that's good to know. Now, I missed it when it was originally... Uh, posted back in on february 22nd but bannon guidelines were posted back then it was reiterated just this past week by our customer support and uh, i just wanted to quickly go over some of the punishable offenses for what could get you into trouble so low severity misconduct behavior and language unacceptable names offensive names impersonations offensive faces uh, phrases and false reports those are low severity High severity, benefit from hacking, partying, or making use of hackers, hack-related chat, providing hack information, requesting hack information, duplicating dinos and items, promotion of scam activities, advertising hack sites, linking or discussing inappropriate sites, intentionally receiving hacked items, griefing, some examples for PvP, setting player spawn traps, structures, and or dinos set to aggressive, this is currently the only thing we can take action against in regards to grief and on PvP servers. Wait, For P dinos on aggressive? What? Did I hear that correctly? Mm-hmm. Dinos being set up to aggressive. In the spawn zones? Oh, that's, I mean, I, I mean, not, <laughs> that seems kind of harsh. I don't know. Carry oh, on. I agree. Uh, for PvE, blocking in other tribes' dinos, blocking access in and out of a tribe's base, and obstructing pathways or waterways for the purpose of denying players access. Placing pipes or any object or dinos for the purpose of griefing is against terms of use. Setting player spawn traps, structures, and or dinos being set to aggressive. Extreme severity. Hacking, botting, posting account information, posting personal information, racism or hate-mongering, heavy or explicit sexual language, abusing bugs or glitches, uh, undermeshing is included in this category, account theft, hacking another player's account, stealing items, selling in-game items, currency services for real-world currencies. So yeah, those are the banning guidelines for Ark Survival Evolved. They're just vague enough that they could apply them however they want to. On the whole, I think they're reasonable, but I, I think you're right, there's some wiggle room in there that's a little... No, like, they, you only set rules up like that if what you actually want is just to be able to ban people because you, well, you know, if you you basically want or, or, or don't want to be locked into, I have to ban this person because of uh, X, and I can get away with banning someone because of whatever. Mm -hmm. It's an easily abused power structure, and I think my opinions of easily abused power structures are well enough known at this point. All right, moving on. Uh, Community Crunch 121 was posted, and the Triceratops is getting some TLC. There you go, Rico. Hell yeah. All right, so 
The Triceratops, one of our oldest friends and earliest creatures implemented into the game, will be receiving both a gameplay update and visual update, including facial changes plus a reskin. Generally, in terms of gameplay, we felt that the trike was in a relatively good place in regards to how much benefit it provided versus how difficult it was to obtain. As an early game herbivore, we didn't want to do a complete redesign. However, it was clear to us that there were some very obvious changes we needed to make. First of all, the Triceratops will receive the ability to perform a charge and ram attack. It has a short wind-up time to notify that the trike is preparing to charge. The attack will build speed and damage during the wind-up, which then transfers to increased damage and ends in a ram attack, which will knock targets back and can leave them stunned for a short period of time. Additionally, its herding instincts will be improved, resulting in two changes. A rivalry buff, which will be applied to all nearby allied Triceratops when in range of large theropods and carnivores that will increase their stats and damage akin to mate boost. It will also increase the wild Triceratops' aggro notif notify range by twice so that other trikes are more likely to come to its aid. So, yeah, a buff for dinos. I think these are all really fun upgrades. I can't wait. Yeah. I especially but want to see how fast it'll be with that stun because I'm telling you right now, I'm seeing speed trikes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the idea that maybe they could be used to break down doors or something? I don't know. Is that hoping too much? Based mm, probably on what they not. But I am disappointed that they're not going to go with the uh, rocket turret idea. <laughs> so I'm curious to see whether they'll be able to stun larger dinos. If so, definitely would have a pretty big impact on PvP. Depends how many times it takes. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, the uh, rivalry buff I thought was interesting. So applied to nearby allied trikes when in range of large thereby and carnivores, which will give them an, uh, stats and damage similar to a mate boost i thought was a, that was interesting you know they said something about hurting right and i think that's what they were talking about that buff you just mentioned but mm -hmm. i kind of wish when you were looking at wild dinos they did a better job of like moving in a pack like if a bunch of uh rhinos came up on each other it's rhinos a bunch of trikes came up on each other <laughs> they would just kind of naturally gravitate together and move as a herd yeah indeed um, also in Community Crunch, they introduced Zen Ro, who is um, the mod community manager now. And he wrote a little little um, introduction saying, Hello, everyone. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Josh, but some of you may know me as Zen Ro. I've been a part of the modding community for over two years now and have been heavily involved with the Discord especially. I had the pleasure of helping new people in the community learn how to use the Arc Dev Kit and watch them build out their ideas for mods, just as some did for me when I started out. For the last several months, I have been sponsored for one of my projects, ArcFrame, which focused on enhancing the mods made by others and supporting interaction between mods. Today, I am excited to become your new mod community manager. My objective is to bring more consistent communication with the community and help mod authors build the quality of their projects even further. I will also be leading the sponsored modding team and be providing support for their projects. We already have some changes planned for the mod community that will be coming soon. Every other week, as part of the Community Crunch, I will be doing mod spotlights and giving tips, tutorials, and best practices. We are also going to start hosting a mod tutorial contest every other week. As a community, I believe we can embolden and encourage each other to make ARC even better, and I will be an active presence in the multiple areas of the modern community. I look forward to working with you with you all, and for our first bit of exciting news, let's begin with the modern tutorial contest. The goal of this contest is to encourage mod authors to share knowledge and increase the skill level 
and understanding of mod authors that are new or trying to acquire new skills. Now, the award for the winning submission is $200 and $100 for any runner-up submissions. The submission period lasts between March 16th and the winner announced on March 26th, 2018 in the Community Crunch. So there'll be information for that. I mean, the idea of educating people on how to get started in mods is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just don't even know where to begin. Yeah, that's true. But uh, there's guidelines and everything that I'll post post in the (laughs) video description of this podcast for those of you who are in the modding community and would like to try and make a little bit of extra cash. Now, uh, speaking of uh, Dino TLCs, just a simple screenshot was posted by Wildcard Chris. This was the, for the Raptor TLC, and it's just a Raptor, you know, pinning a player or an NPC down to the ground. Like I said, I'm excited for this Raptor TLC, and I am definitely raising some bloodlines for this. I'm already working on my bloodline. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, no patch notes this week. Nothing new happened. Nothing was changed or done on PC, so there's nothing to report there. So it is now time for constructive Coliseum-sized chat as we hop on our doeds and roll down Arc Avenue. So this week's Arc Avenue was uh, inspired by a Reddit by Reddit post by Dingaloo, and he said or wrote, "How would the mass of people think an official service respond to unlocking certain management potential on their tribes as they grew in size? For example, you could gain the opportunity to have multiple leaders who vote on major things. People could be assigned jobs with specific boxes that recognize when they have turned in the items gathered, or other evidence the job has been done. And for every quota not met, the worker would be met with a strike along with a note saying how much of the work was done, etc., to allow for the person's manager to decide what to do about it." Things like this, encouraging a functioning civilization in the game and maybe maybe eventually blossoming into a wonderful narrative of war between entirely player-made and managed countries are what I feel is needed in a game like Ark. Thoughts? So, <laughs> Well, go ahead, Sean. You lead this one. I was going to say, so he titled it, What if Ark pushed players into making actual civilizations rather than warmongering tribes? And I think we've seen some servers do something like this they, without having this kind of a system in there. But, you know, a, number, a bunch of tribes allying up and making the server into whatever they want. You know, having... Well, mm-hmm, go ahead. I, I challenge the premise that his proposal would help that. Right. In fact, I think it would... I've, I've, we've had people try to lead our tribe, or at least sections of our tribe like that before, and I think once you start turning Ark into, like, a job, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes less fun. But... um the in-game well, so, voting system is an idea I'm kind of yeah. keen on. <laughs> so the the tribe management system certainly can help to make something of go on in that regards. But we saw on back in the Legacy Service on the OS8 days where Bastardos had their own city. I mean, you go down the Black Sands River down at 50-50 on the island, and they had all those bases. It was just a city of bases. Of course, they yeah, didn't. Yeah, when act. we got inside of them, we were a lot less impressed. Well, True. so the legend says, because by the time I got to that river, they were all gone. <laughs> um, I do but, have some old footage where you got to see at least the pyramid base that was along the river and some of their other bases. Not a lot, but there were. Some. So, by that definition, civilization is building a bunch of co-located smaller well, bases. So I was going to say because while they had all those bases, 
they weren't really a tribe and they didn't really trust each other. They locked their bases up from everyone else. They were very distrusting of each other, which was crazy. Oh, well, I mean, that was our main reason we beat them was the yeah. fact that they spent more time looting each other during the fights mm-hmm. than yeah. fighting us. So, where, where I will agree here, on, at least on the idea, I wish that the game mechanics encourage people to build in a community style fashion. Right now, I think there's absolutely no PvP advantage to it. In fact, there's a lot of disadvantages to it. Mm-hmm. But if the mechanics are twisted um... in some kind of special way so that a bunch of different tribes could like live within some kind of city ball or boundary. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what you what you could do. Would it be some kind of weird buff just by being co-located, or something more exotic? I, I couldn't tell you. But right now, the game mechanic: everyone builds a little square apart from each other, and they put some turrets on it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, thinking back on our days on OSA, there are times where we almost had a kind of civilization. Just naturally occurring on the server. To me, that's community. That's yeah. people playing together long enough on a server to, to get to know each other, have a common Discord. You know, that's kind of the meta behind the game mechanic, I guess. Right. But we were have we were trying to have uh, events and things like that. We had the pirate battles. We had uh, arena battles. Yeah. <laughs> whenever we could. Though it didn't help that since we were a single-digit server that we were targeted quite a bit. That tends to foul things up. But, you know, is it possible for, you know, all the tribes on the server to just focus and create a type of civilization? And I'm talking about, so back in our state, one of the things we wanted to do was build roads yeah. to and from our bases. That would so we would fun. have avenues to travel or get our land dinos to our bases in response to an attack quicker. But, you know, it would be cool to have. Sky we just, roads. Sky roads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just never got around it because there was always something else taking. Uh... It also probably would have crashed the server in hindsight. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, no, actually, because it would prevent a lot of dinosaurs from being spawned, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but I think whether or not that's possible on a server has a lot to do with the culture and the, the tolerance and risk levels of the alpha in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of folks that would say letting a lot of people on your server who aren't directly associated with you or not in your tribe, just letting them exist, is a huge security threat. Oh, yeah. And and it is. But for me, I think it makes it more interesting. I tend to like a populated server. Um, It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun. That's the thing. It's a lot more risky. Um, But that's maybe that's what makes it more fun and exciting. So uh, JC on a Discord said not possible to create civilizations, whereas Nightwind said it is though, though called Dark Horse role playing, where you can PvP, but as long as you're role playing. <laughs> I think, yeah, RP is in a special class of its own mm-hmm. on this topic. I think, but I I do think it's possible. It just it take you gotta in order for this to happen on an official PvP server, you need a lot of people with this, a similar mindset to make this work for the most part. But then they've also got to be ready to fend off, you know, mega tribes and the uh, the raiders and the griefers. But even then, if you can, in theory, get all these people with a like mind, they'll just, you know, dust the dirt off of their clothes and get back to work rebuilding what they lost, replacing what was destroyed. They'll help each other. They, yeah, exactly. Because that's what civilization should do. Yeah, I still think it's I, for some reason I like the term community better than civilization, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know for so I'm community is this, but the civilization I mean is 
you know, having all these crazy structures on a server that are interconnected some way. Yeah, that's how I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Shared infrastructure. Yes, exactly. Um, But what I was going to add, though, was despite the fact that, you know, I think right now most experienced ARC players would tell you trying to set something like that up is a waste of time and it's just going to hurt you in the long run. There are some strategic advantages, some of which you kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, when times get tough, you have a lot of smaller buddies to call on, and sometimes those little small tribes have big friends. Big I mean, friends, or they can do more as a small group than you can as a large. Yeah, I just remember be... the day that we uh, we were on top of Blue. We've been fighting for hours and hours and hours against those guys that, that, that like, they were streaming on us and, and, and crap like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh... We were just going up there for a harassment raid, but we noticed that, like, all of them were offline. And I just put out a call across the entire server for everyone that could bring anything <laughs> to the fight. Because we had an opportunity to push them off, and there just weren't enough of us or our allies on, because we were literally settling into what we thought was going to be the, stand- the standard period from the last few days, where we just harassed them for a few hours until the next real big fight happens. Yeah. Instead, we got a push. And as we're finally, you know, we're finally pushing in, we're blowing up their, uh, their, looting, uh, looting their, uh, vaults. Couple guys come riding up on our reindeer. <laughs> like, we're here for the fight. That was the, You're uh, late, I like your attitude. That was a push against PPG on, uh, Blue Abbey, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that was the, that was how we pushed them off finally. Um, we, we were up there with a couple of our off-server allies, and as soon as I put out the call... Uh, I want to say three, four tribes deployed their entire air force. <laughs> yeah. So what was initially going to be a, a raid or just a harassment? Because they had a couple people online and we had four or five people in the tribe all on flyers. We were just going to go try and cause some damage, kill some of the diners that were being left out. And when we realized there was only a few of them online, we we're like, okay, we can actually do more. We might be able to finally get them off. And luckily with the call out, that did happen. A lot of fun, though. That was a fun fight. You know, yeah, it was. I think you need to find like a good clip of a harp playing every time we start reminiscing of the olden days. I know, right? <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh. Yeah, uh, one last thing on this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going back to what I was saying about being surprised who people's friends are. I mean, I, I do reminiscing again. Remember finding out that one of our smaller, more solo, lighter, stone tier players. We've come to find out was like good friends with an admin of a major mega tribe. Mm-hmm. We found just, out at one point that one of our little stone tier uh, tier guys we only ever saw going out fishing was the leader of one of our ally tribes. <laughs> he gets <laughs> came to the server to have a nice a, little fishing cottage because yeah. it was the server was pretty peaceful. People got along. Unless there was a war, there wasn't a lot of stress on the server. It was a vacation server, is what it was. It was a resort server. I don't know what server he was on. I was stressed all the time. Yeah, well, we were the alphas. We were the ones that, like, constantly... That's why at a certain point, I just started going, okay, look, I mean, we're always under threat. I mean, there's always the next threat. Until we know uh, who specifically is coming, there's no point in dwelling on it. Refill the armories, keep building, keep taming, keep the bloodlines going, and don't kill yourself, because when the next fight comes, I'm going to need everybody here. Nobody mm-hmm. needs to be burnt out when that happens. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm curious because I'm pretty sure I've heard of tribes out there and servers out there that have a kind of civilization or a community 
on official PvP servers, and I'd love to hear from you guys. Let, tell us. Don't tell us what server you're on. You don't have to do that. Because I don't want to bring down any trouble on you guys. But uh, I'd love to hear some stories of such servers if they're out there. Now, let's talk about one more thing before we close out for the night. And that is whether or not Ark is being murdered. Strong word. Now, this comes from YouTuber Clean Prince Gaming, who does a, a series of videos on talking about various states of games and whether they're being destroyed or they're losing their community and things like that. And so, naturally, he would eventually come to Ark Survival Evolved. And it's a pretty well-done video. He talks about how the game was developed for seven months before it was fi finally came to early access. You know, and from day one, it's been nothing but a cycle of brokenness, as he put it. As you know, there's been so many problems with the games that have persisted over the past two years of its development. So, really interesting. I don't know, did you guys get to watch the video at all? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't agree with a lot of it, but I thought it was well done. Hmm, no, I, uh, I I actually didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure not, I, I, I would dismiss most of it. Oh? I've heard well, these I mean, kind of arguments before. They, they don't change. So A lot of the, lot of the history ahead. lesson he gives was, was true and accurate, but I, I do think that the state of the game tends to get a little exaggerated. You know, people say, oh, the game's just completely broken. I, I think about it... it to me, the only really super mega broken thing that absolutely needs to get fixed like yesterday is the character loss thing. Mm -hmm. um, most of the other problems are more annoyances than, than game breaking, in my opinion. I mean, I still occasionally get stuck in a rock, but, you know, that's not something I'm going to, like, uninstall for. One of my br uh, one of my new babies, uh, uh, for some reason, it finished growing and now it doesn't have, uh, it's food stuck at zero. If I didn't have healing plants, it would die and mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about it. Glitches happen. So he made an interesting, or he made an interesting statement, which was, "Ark is not dead, but it is dying. Its potential is dying." That's true of every game. Mm-hmm. More I mean, so. I the mean, the older it gets, so, the less the the less possibilities there are for a game. Right, but even so, is that true? Because they're still pumping out new content. Well, we're pumping out new content. We're getting Dino TLC updates now. We've got the final expansion coming out, or the final DLC coming out, whenever that is. With one exception, I've always said that releasing new content is not a bad thing. I don't think it necessarily hurts um, the ability of them to fix bugs. But I do, like he did make one good point, which is mm -hmm. the more mechanics you release, uh, the more bugs you're going to have to squash. So they're not just releasing new dinosaurs that do the same thing and new levels that just look different. They're... They're releasing new stuff that does different things and has different problems. Right. And that's where there's some truth in the, hey, the DLC is causing more issues than it's solving mm -hmm. uh, narrative. But, um, you know, overall, I, I guess I'm kind of biased because I really want the devs to keep releasing new content. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, would I want the devs to spend the next year fixing the lost character thing or making a new uh, DLC? Oh. I would say eh, DLC. <laughs> When you say the next year, it's just it's such a long time for them to... Mm. But but I still argue that, that those are not mutually exclusive things. I, 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 would, I would hope the people doing the, the bug fixes are not the same people working on the DLC. Now, right. as an organization, though, it is probably distracting to, to be focused on a DLC release and kind of thinking, like, we just kind of have to put the enough fires out so people don't uninstall long enough to want to buy the DLC. But... Um, Man, I, I would really love to know how many copies of 
Scorched Earth they've sold and how many copies of Apparition they've sold. I, I'm just dying for those numbers, but I, as far as I know, I can't find them anywhere. Yeah, but, at, at the end of the day, it's a business, and I think they're going to do what keeps the business running. So, at least in theory, if they're properly financially motivated, right. which I think they should. That's another funny thing about criticisms of Wildcard. A lot of people say, ah, oh, they're just in it for the money. I'm like, yeah, I'm in it for the money, too. That's why That's why I go to work, <laughs> specifically because of the money. So as of November of last year, the game has sold almost 10 million copies across all platforms. On PC, they've sold, I think, 5.5 million copies. Jeez. And still, it, it's one of the few games that has successfully, asterisk, gotten out of uh, early access. Yes. Now, uh, for PC player numbers, uh, th- I can only get it for these. I don't know if there's... Uh, Way to find out player numbers for the consoles, but on PC in December 2007, they added an average number of 46,473 players, which was uh, uh, that must 12, have been the super pre release alpha then, if that was 10 years ago. <laughs> no, it was the Christmas season, so it was on sale. No, I mean, you said 2007, I think. No, I said 17. Okay, I'll play Pretty it back. Pretty sure I did. We'll play it back. <laughs> uh, then in January, they gained another 2,500 players, so there's an average player count of 49,000. In February, that dropped by 7,000 players, uh, so an average of 41,956 players. And that was from February 2018. Now, in February 2017, a year earlier, the average player count was 53,134 players. Now, within the last 30 days, they've lost an additional 430,000 with an average of 41,525 players, 71,259 peak players at the time. Jeez, those are insane numbers when you think about it for a game mm-hmm. this old. Yeah. Still, uh, they're still uh, in the top 10 for games played on Arc, which is also another big thing when you consider that they're up against PUBG, Counter-Strike, Dota 2, um, Grand Theft Auto... And I forget what other games are on the... He meant on Steam. What did I say? Play it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, no, in all seriousness, it's still, I think, doing pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with it. I certainly didn't think it'd still have this big of a following this many years later, and the devs would still be working on it. Mm -hmm. I think you could probably expect an uptick in the summer. I mean, the, the, the player base for this game is pretty young. I think when school gets busy, it tapers off, and then when people are home and bored, they start playing again. Yeah. Just a theory. I don't know. Without just any kind of theory. real metrics, we can't. We're just guessing here. Right. So uh, here's an interesting comment from somebody. They wrote, I enjoy Ark, but I hate that it's such an all-or-nothing game. I d- no longer play it because it's such a time sink. When I played Ark on official PvP, I would spend my entire game and time on Ark. I couldn't really play other games that I liked, MOBA, shooters, etc., because there was always something to do on Ark. Don't get me wrong, I loved my PvP server. Some of my ga- best Gaming memories were had on that arc. Raiden, Raisin, Griefin, boss fights, Defendant, etc. But the game takes so much time. When official launch happened and our server became Legacy, I stopped playing on that server and let everything die or decompose. A few weeks later, I started PvP PvE on Ragnarok. Again, it was fun. After a couple months, my friends and I got to near endgame. PvE was enjoyable because it was more casual than PvP. I could finally play other games and play ARC. But then it became a chore again. Logging in every day to refresh timers, feed animals, etc. Glitchy and laggy servers too. And it became an unenjoyable experience. So I let everything we had work for die again, which really sucked. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the future of ARC is, but I really wish there were other options for people that want to play it casually. I like playing games on my time, don't want to feel the anxiety of having to log in every few days to refresh timers, feed animals, or have my stuff deleted. 
I could play offline or whatever, but where's the fun in that? Half the fun of ARK is battling other people, griefing, etc. I don't regret buying ARK. I definitely got my money, money's worth. Despite the bugs, the lag, and the grind, I loved and still love ARK, despite the fact that I really no longer play it. I get the point of the video, but I don't think ARK is dying. It's more a commentary on the state of the game and the challenges it has faced and still faces. Super fair and balanced opinion. I, I, I think the criticisms were valid, and I don't hate him for his experiences that he had in commenting on them. Yeah. I will say this, um, not trying to bash PvE, but to me, because he did talk about his ex- PvE experience getting bored after a couple months, I kind of feel like that's kind of the core problem with PvE. You get to a certain point, and it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, whereas <laughs> PvP, you kind of get established to a point to where you're like, hey, we can go screw around now, maybe. And there's some other, like, bigger politics that kind of keep things kind of intriguing. Yeah. But to answer his question on what he should do, to me, and I can't believe I want to say this, but unofficial, I think that's the answer. If he wants to play casually, get a little, get some gaming in, not worry reminder, about the fact. admin of a server. Yeah, mm-hmm. free plug there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think that's how you solve that problem. That's how you balance it. I, I personally don't care for unofficial for, for a lot of reasons I've already got into, but I think if you're looking for a, a pretty cool arc experience that doesn't require you to grind thousands of hours for something that dies through a random griefer, that's probably a way to go. Yeah. Yeah, one other thing. Now, think kind of thinking back on on this comment about it being kind of all or nothing. That is, that's kind of true. Uh, I've seen people crash and burn in this game, and other people just like it clicks. They end up in the right place at the right time and join the right tribe, and they just stick with it. Yeah, it's very random in a lot of ways. It helps because a lot of hands make light work, but if it's a small tribe or just a couple guys or even a solo guy, the more downs you have, the larger the base you have, the more time you're going to spend just maintaining it. I can I can tell you that. I mean, I'm mostly rolling solo on this, and even with the increased gather rates, I mean, the fact is, it, to build a good base, to keep breeding going, to I mean, it, it just takes me a lot of time. Yeah, it's one of the things I tell my uh, my my other when my uh, when my few tribe mates actually uh, do uh, do get on. You know, I don't care if you do it or I do. But one of us needs to get our, our butts out there and drop hunt because I don't have time most days to drop hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing. You're either drop hunting for, you know, good BPs. You're raising babies. You're constantly feeding your dinos so many different things because all of these different dinos have dietary needs. Veggie Titan bows, you got to feed eggs. Snails, you got to feed veggie cakes. Uh, it's and some dinos only I will admit eat that raw the fish. Veggie cakes brings up one of the most uh, cheese things that are on this server. We have a thing called a yucca plant that uh, substitutes. It's rather uh, obnoxious to make the seeds, but once you start making them, uh, well, now I don't have to worry uh, constantly worry about making veggie cakes anymore. Is that a uh, Seven Days to Die reference? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> They're heavy as crap, though. A stack of 50 of the things uh, uh, weighs 150 pounds. <laughs> and they look like green carrots. So, I don't know. Was there a big difference in how you played the game or how the game felt to you pre-transfer and then after transfer was instigated? With the benefit of hindsight, I'd say not as much as I thought it was going to. Yeah. I would actually say that opening up transfers in some ways made the game a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, it did, It did. you know, hurt the sense of community. I think uh, back before the transfers, it was very much kind of an us versus them 
mentality. It's like our server, our inhabitants versus the people that want to come in and do us harm. And then it kind of mm-hmm. turned into like, you know, it, the, it, the meta was more about the mega tribes than it was about the server you were from. Yeah. The server you're from was just a detail. I'd say that I preferred the transfer system not being part of the game because as an alpha tribe, certainly it was a lot less stressful. That was for sure. Yeah, I mean, we if someone new showed up that we thought might be something, we we could watch them for a while. We didn't immediately mm-hmm. have to crush them. Yeah, and then we'd let them build up enough to give us a challenge or, you know, put up a decent fight, give them a chance. This, you, you know, the threat comes from anywhere, and, you know, most of these guys, they're really PvEers at heart because they're going to wait an offline raid here and make sure you never know where they came from. That's one of the reasons why I started to scoff uh, when people mentioned PvE and, and ARC at a certain point, because I, I have, uh, I mean, we experienced a lot of PvP because we'd be on the defensive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you were on, if you were on the offensive, you, I would rarely call, I mean, those guys often were trying to, uh, to offline raid us. It's just, you know, like they had a window usually of about, 40 minutes between when I would get off on uh, offline usually and when you'd be getting online. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if somebody was on that could quickly send out a message to the entire tribe and regardless of the time of the uh, day, there'd usually be at least a few people. Yep. Enough to, you know, hold them back long enough for more people to get on. Ah, uh, yes. All right. know, I, I really don't know what the fix is here before we... I know you're trying to move mm-hmm. on, but no, no. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I don't know how you balance the fun that people have been able to get out of the transfer system and, in some ways, the unfairness of it and some of the consequences that it's brought. I don't know. I don't think timers on transfers is the, is the key. Maybe it's limits on what you can bring. I, so I just don't know. I, I think one of the biggest changes that needs to happen in for the PvP meta is to not give players the ability to hide where they come from. Yeah. If the veil of anonymity you know was true. ripped away, the PvP game would be a lot different. That's it's one hundred percent true. That's a very good point. And you know how you could get rid of the anonymity? A freaking character database on a consolidated <laughs> server. God, it keeps coming back to that. Jesus, come on, Wildcard, please. You know, one of the things I never could understand was why C four, for example, doesn't leave any information in the tribe logs i always thought that was stupid no because it used to and then they removed it then they brought it back briefly and then they removed it again i didn't know they brought it back yeah it was maybe they were thinking they wanted to be this covert infiltration weapon i i guess but it really it benefits the raiders aka the pveers out there more than anybody else and you know what was great about you know not having transfer system was that since it was all local you had a good idea of who might have been to do it, and you could plan your revenge and take them on if you wanted to, if you were bold enough, or you know, pay them in kind by offline raiding them. I think he meant to say PVO. <laughs> no, I I call it PVE because that's essentially what offline raiding is. You could say PVO, PVO, but essentially you're still playing the player versus the environment, aka the dino AI and the turrets that are still left up when mm. people are offline. But uh, yeah. Uh, is Ark being murdered? Uh, devs are not doing that great of a job to keep people happy. They, every time they seem to make people happy, they do something stupid to erase any goodwill they've generated over a certain period of time. And it's 
it's just that cycle that seems to happen with wild card. And I also think that's a problem that's going to get worse. Like just touching on what I said earlier, the older mm-hmm. and more mature a game gets, the more people are going to be upset with drastic change. And the more reason yeah. why big changes like changing the craft skill system are, are not going to happen. It would might do more harm than good. Yeah. Like I said, I, I would dearly love to see the sales numbers for the DLC up to this point. Because I would really like to, you know, take a guess of what how Extinction will go or be handled by the community when it finally comes out, whenever that is. I did have one quick go back on that, actually. Mm-hmm. So looking at the promo screenshot they released for that, they have the comet crashing in on the arc. Is that actually going to be a thing? <laughs> I don't that's know. What I, that's what I want to know. Are you going to be able to watch your base get pummeled to death? Or are you just going to get a you have been disconnected message? <laughs> Indeed. All right. So uh, reminder for listeners, new and old, we have the new Arc Avenue segment where you can ask us Arc-related questions and ask us for advice whether you should be taming these kinds of dinos or what direction you think your tribe should be going in. Or if you want to send us screenshots of your base to maybe ask for our opinion on whether this is a secure base or if you've got blind spots, you can do that too in our Discord. Message one of us or share the screenshots, but don't give out your server number. Never give out your server number. That's always a bad thing. Remember. So server uh, server number like, oh, gaming addicts, no sleep PvP slash PvE, something like that. Yeah, you're such a shill, Rico. Also, that's not a number. (laughs) (laughs) Here I'm trying to tell people not to give their server information. Here you are blabbing away. Well, you know, admin of a server. I I actually have to give out my uh, server information. It's kind of important. That's a good point. Good point. All right. Uh, I'll provide an invite to the channel in the comment section if you would like to chat with us or hang out with us in Discord. Because it is time to close out episode 79 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors. Bloody hell, you're gonna have to cut this. I have to pull the exact right. name. It's rather obnoxious. Because <laughs> I can't actually. Oh, wait, now I can see it from this screen right here. <laughs> I'm reasonably confident this is all going in the epilogue. <laughs> Wrong. All right, here, uh, okay, here we go. They've all already closed uh, their uh, uh, slash players. <laughs>